Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about Father's Day, original songs, and we have part two of our interview with Melissa Nebrega from Karen Cooks of Jersey. Good afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Good good time of the day. Insert... (laughs) Insert time of the day here. It's currently uh, 5.19pm where we're recording the Climate Project on Father's Day. And I'm joined by a girl who thinks an appropriate Father's Day gift is a Toblerone that somebody else bought. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte Dames. Um, and I'm joined by a man who I don't have a lot to say about today. Oh, <laughs> on Father's Day, you haven't uh, got a lot yeah. to say. So uh, it's Father's Day, so I'm going to not insult you today with your oh, intro. Oh, thank you. Is that <laughs> is that my present? Yeah. Is that the second present you didn't have to put put your hand in your pocket and buy? Is that yeah. is that what's happening? I don't I don't know what's going on. What actually are you going to get me? You got any ideas? My eternal love and affection. I thought that game was no. standard. No. Oh, I've got to earn that love and affection, yep. have I? Uh, how do you know it can be eternal? I could potentially lose it, couldn't I? Are you saying today that you're never going to not love and uh, affect me? You affect me now by your stinginess. <laughs> I will love stinginess. I will love. Uh, I will love and hold affection for you until the day one of us dies, and even then, I will hold love and affection for you from my grave or yours. Okay, great. Do not dig me up, though, please. <laughs> just leave me. Leave. Let, let I, me sleep. I'll just hug your. I'll hug your tombstone. Just like. Okay. Weird. Uh, and on that note, should we go straight on to the uh, question of the podcast? Um, uh, and today's question of the podcast is a music-related one because mm-hmm. I was listening to. Um, Spotify, as we love to do, you and I, and on my Discovery playlist. And normally my Discovery playlist is really good, but this particular um, playlist had a not great version of a song that I love. And I thought, um, what songs should just never, ever be covered? What songs... Th- th- where the original is it's so good, yeah, yeah, is so good, you've got to turn around and just leave it be. Now, my one is Prince When Dubs Cry. I've never heard a better version of, of When Dubs Cry, Cry than Prince. What's yours? Um, I've, uh, I've never heard a better version of Fast Car. True. They try to modernise it and I just... I don't no, like it. No, no, the dance version of Fart's Car is sacrilege, isn't it? Yeah, You know, it's yeah. not good. And they try like, oh yeah, we're going to keep the original, like, voice thing for it and we're just going to change the background music a little bit. No. No. It's perfect. No, it's perfect. is perfect. Paired down with Jack the Jackman yep. and a guitar. Um, uh, yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. So, uh, fine listeners, um, we'd love to know when, uh, when, what is the when? song that where the original is far better than any cover you've ever who? heard? And you, who is the song? <laughs> who is the song? Who is the artist? Where was it set? How <laughs> did you first listen to it? Um, and what's your name? Because um, we need that because we read it out on the podcast. <laughs> All of that information, including the song, can be sent to... All of our addresses, including... 
Oh, sorry, am I doing this bit? No, I just wanted to throw you off. Right. Um, at no, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. MySpace. <laughs> you know, Dad, remember we got banned from MySpace. Oh, right, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. You can write us a postcard. Uh, are we doing postcards? No. All right, okay. Um, you got anything else? Yeah, I've got my pager number, right? My page. Do you want to send us a page? You know what? I, I know. I know. I've probably told you this story on the podcast before, but I had a pager once. Yeah. Right. It was useless. Right. I mean, this was like just before mobile phones became really popular. Um, the only person who used to page me was my mum to let me know my tea was ready. <laughs> Um, and then, when she paged me, I had to go and find a payphone to phone her back to let her know, Cheers, Mum, I'll be home in a minute. <laughs> Couldn't you just, like, send one back? No, I could Literally, the only thing this page could do was accept Wait, messages. Wait, but how was your mum sending you messages? She had to phone somebody. She had to phone a service that paged me the message. I don't know why I ever thought a page was a good idea. She used to have to phone this woman and say, can you page Chris? Like it was something super important. Tell him his dinner's ready. So I'm like, I, I, it, it was during this stage of my life where um, uh, I was a young man and I probably thought I was probably more important than I was, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the 10 reasons I'm glad I live in an age of convenience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Pages. I mean, I mean, that was, at that time, for about a year, state-of-the-art technology. Um, uh, but I didn't need one. I mean, like... Sort of, it's not like I was a doctor and there was like an emergency. The only emergency that was going to happen is my dinner got a bit cold. <laughs> and to be frank, that's not enough of a reason to have a pager, is it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Anyway, at Olakinus, and then if you go on over to Facebook, it's a quick trip. Just type it in your search bar. Should mm-hmm. send you there immediately, hopefully. Find the woman who runs your page of service. <laughs> Get uh, her to- and tell her to put the Kindness Project in the search bar on Facebook, and we will come up right at the top. And if we don't, um, who do we complain to, Dad? That we need to. I don't know. I don't know. But we are we are very prominent on Facebook and Twitter and Google and all those sorts of places. So just search for the Kindness Project podcast. Uh, or we... if you want to, email us at honour at the kindness project dot co dot you dot co dot you how. Let me get your glasses and just sign you guys. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, let me put them on. Christ. <laughs> How short-sighted are you? I don't know. This is like Mr. McLean territory, this is. Yeah, put the glasses back on. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to put the glasses back on. No, I need to put the glasses uh, back on. Uh, so, and um, the new way I contacted <laughs> knows is send an email to holla at thekindnessproject.co.ul. <laughs> that, apparently, that's their new web address. Oh, yeah, ULK. No, I'm not LK. You're not LK, you lost your glasses. <laughs> Um, anyway, that uh, please feel free to get in touch. Um, and I think before we move on, we need to circle the elephant in the room. <laughs> Which is hair. <laughs> yeah. We need we need some hair chat. <laughs> what colour is that again? Pink. Pink. <laughs> it's quite a bright shade of pink, isn't it? Yeah. What made you go for that shade? Uh, the pastel didn't want to stick. 
best stock. I tell you, yeah. it, it, it is. Actually, it is really funky. It is funky. It is funky. It's, it's such a uh, such a nice stuff. I would have gone all over, um, but but I like the you like the contrast. I like the you? contrast because like it's my natural hair color that's like dark brown, and then there's just yeah. Bang! <laughs> it's in your face. <laughs> it's in your face. Love it. There's no uh, getting away from it. Oh no! <laughs> no avoiding not, it. Not not for about four miles, I think. <laughs> uh, I can probably see that from a million miles off. But yeah, very 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 colourful. I love it. Uh, and on that note, should we get on with the show? Let's do it. So this week we've got the, the second part of the interview with Melissa Nobrega. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably absolutely butchered um, her surname so apologies for that I was having a chat with uh, my mate Andy this week and uh, he is a previous podcast guest yes. um, and I've really told me this week that um, I've pronounced his names 12 times and still not got it right apparently it's Ferno um, I've been going so apologies if you're listening Melissa um, uh, I did try my best with your surname I'm just not good with um, uh, names am I Hi, welcome to 10 Reasons Why I Don't Attempt Surnames on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Melissa runs an amazing charity called Caring Cooks of Jersey. They do uh, brilliant work um, helping people uh, make sure that um, they're not suffering from food poverty and and helping them out. So uh, we loved hearing Melissa's story last week um, and we're going to carry on hearing about it this week. Should we get on with the show? Let's do it. You know 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 what's in interesting i think it's particularly in the last couple of years just the 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 kindness people have shown to each other you know it's 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 been a particularly tough time but the the way that communities have come together and people have helped and and certainly that 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 sort of commitment to volunteering has been a really interesting thing to see hasn't it yeah it has and you know, companies weren't just giving us money. They were loaning us their staff um, to come. And and some people gave up their lunch hour to come and do it. And they just did two or three houses. And literally so many people got involved in those Love 15 it. weeks. And they've now become long-term supporters because they, once you're actively involved in something, you see the output and the benefit of it. And it's all well and good funding that you've read about in the paper. But when you've experienced it, it does then create kind of donor stewardship. So they're long-term supporters of us now, which is incredible. Yeah. It's the IKEA effect, isn't it? Once once you've once you've uh, been responsible for helping build something, you're more likely to be committed to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Love yeah. it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Talk to me, because I know the I know the linchpin, I know you provide a range of services, but the linchpin one is that weekly meal service. Help me understand how that works practically. So um, we have a chef on a Saturday that comes in and normally he's got... Sorry, Melissa, one thing before, before you go on to that. What's his omelette like? Because I reckon I've got omelette. I mean, pretty... I've only got one thing, but it's, it's a good, it is a really, really good omelette. And, and, and just before we talk about the service, right, ideal omelette, two or three eggs. Oh, I three, I think. I'll be three, hasn't it? I, I don't think there's any debate to that, to be honest. A two egg omelette's tiny. <laughs> a two omelette, I mean, I won't go as far as four. That's just no. good, right? But a three eggs. Three. What would you put in your, your omelette? Like, I don't put anything in it. I just do eggs. Okay. Okay. And butter. Or spinach or? On a low heat. 
To be fair, though, I've only just learned how to do a good omelette and I got a really good pan and that's made all the difference. It's the pan. It's the pan. You know what? The, the When your pan starts to go, you've got to replace it straight away because your omelette quality just... Go. Anyway, this isn't a podcast about omelettes. <laughs> it could be. I mean, Russ, should we, should we think about doing a, like, a podcast offshoot called uh, Omelette Talk? No, we won't be. <laughs> I'd get a range of people doing like the omelette challenge about how quickly they can do it. Could be. They, they used to do that on one of the shows, didn't they? Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. That was a, that was an omelette related um, uh, sort of uh, direction of the conversation that we won't go down again. Help me understand. So Chef comes in on a Saturday, then what happens? So he's normally got two volunteers with him, but because of COVID, we've not been able to have that. Um, so he cooks the meals and, and that he's obviously given a delivery matrix of where they need to go and then we do have volunteer drivers that come in and deliver that um and some of these people have been with me for seven years and they still do that and the beauty of it is they can do every week or once a year or once every six months and it's how they want to be connected to the charity really um so that is a really important part of our our structure is that meal service but what we were finding was is that only meets some of the need in terms of the community so we won a government contract in September um, to deliver school catering service to five secondary schools um, for the next five years and part part of the benefit of working the government working with an an MPO is is that we can keep our costs down because we need those vulnerable children to access be able to access something that's affordable Mm. we um we've just had a lady in the community who's running a fundraiser for us at the minute she's she's raising five grand so we can give meal vouchers to the schools to give to those vulnerable children to come and have a hot meal with us at lunchtime so our 2030 objective and mission is that every school child in jersey between five and 18 is touched by one of our programs so that could be in the garden or learning how to cook or accessing a hot You are having a positive impact on every child. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. many kids are there in Jersey? Sorry, say that again. How many children are there in Jersey? There's roughly about 6,500 primary and about 6,000 secondary. So 12,000 um, families potentially, or 12,000 kids having a positive impact. That's, a, that's an amazing aspiration. I really like yeah. that. Now, we touched on it before, but I just want to explore this in a bit more detail. I I always, and again, it's interesting when Louise introduced us, because I, I always assumed Jersey was a particularly affluent place to live. And I think every community's got challenges um, with helping people. But I was actually surprised that your service was needed and existed. Now, that's not unusual for me, but as I said earlier on, um, uh, I think you live in a bubble sometimes and uh, until you're educated on what the need is. And it, it sounds like you went through that as well, through through sort of learning through when, when your children were young. But talk to me a little bit about the challenge and talk to me a little bit about um, how other charities and partners you work with are, are sort of stepping up to, to help with that challenge. So I was having this same conversation on Wednesday with somebody. So in the UK, charities are kind of um, a value-added service. So they enhance what government are doing, Um, although the hygiene bank is not 
enhancing that is actually core core work whereas in jersey the charity sector um is actually a life essential sector like we have services here that aren't delivered by government and that could be through lack of legislation or lots of other reasons and actually if the if those charities go in jersey it will have a huge impact on the community um which is why i think we have we do have a big affluence here and actually it was proclaimed this week that we are the most expensive place to live in the world um but actually a lot of those affluent people really help keep the charity sector vibrant so we have what's called 11k's here so they are um high net worth that move to Jersey and, and take advantage of that for their businesses, et cetera. The tax for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit like Geneva or Luxembourg or whatever, yeah. but they do give, and we have some of them, they do give a lot back to charity. Um, and that is what creates that tribe partnership thing that yeah. I was explaining before. Um, so that is a, a huge benefit for Jersey, but Unfortunately, when you have the things like the Real Housewives of Jersey, I don't know if you've watched it or not, it, it does portray and and kind of exacerbate that affluent lifestyle here. Whereas actually, on the other hand, there is people living in poverty here. Um, I remember talking to a safeguarding leader at a school who told me a story about a little girl that wasn't coming into school. And she phoned mum and mum said, oh, it's just because I, I, you know, I've got no food to put in a packed lunch. So she went around to visit mum and she walked up to the house and there was eight doorbells on this three story house. And it turns out, cut a long story short, they were there was eight families living in this house and they were in the basement with no daylight, no fresh air. And the toilet was on the middle floor. And the daughter couldn't get to the toilet in time in the night. And the mum was having to change the oh. bedding every morning. And she just could not cope to get her daughter to school. And I mean, we have one of the highest rents in Europe in Jersey. So you can rent a one-bedroom flat for £1,500 a month. And families are living in these one-bedroom flats. Some are living in bedsits that don't even have a cooker or a hob. They've got a microwave and a kettle. I mean, how are you meant to feed your kids with that? And there's a lot of work going on in government about housing legislation and rental caps. And unfortunately, we aren't progressing as quickly as most would hope with that because landlords are charging exorbitant rents to people that earn minimum or living wage. Is there there a... And I'd imagine that... And again, I'm just trying to sort of... Square the circle in terms of how it works in the UK to how it potentially works differently in Jersey. Is there local authority housing or sort of council housing? There is. um, But not enough to meet the demand? Not enough to meet the demand. And actually the rents on those local authority housing types are not much different to the private sector. Right. Um, And years ago, if you so you need you need to be here for 10 years to be able to buy a house because we've got a housing qualifications regime. Um, So people are living in unqualified accommodation, which is really, really expensive. And landlords do take advantage of that. But once you've got your qualities, there is not much difference between private and and state housing. And it's such a shame that it, it, it all comes down to money and policy from government. Yeah, and if you're spending fifteen hundred pound on a one bedroom flat, it doesn't leave potentially much in the budget for others up, right? That's the that's Nothing. the challenge. We we've got one mum who lives in a one bedroom flat with two kids above a restaurant, and her rent her salary doesn't even cover her rent. Yeah, 
her kids are beautiful and I love them to bits, but it's just, it's a really poor show. And that, and that, I mean, again, I'm, I'm having a lot of conversations like this because we've got sort of, a previous guest had a similar sort of service. There's a perception that there's, and again, this, this is a perception that's not true. There's a perception that, that that people have caused this by their own bad life decisions or they're lazy. Or And in reality, there's a segment in all countries of working poor where they're, just their income doesn't cover what they need to spend to live, right? That's, yeah. that's the reality of it. I think people don't think that is this here. We have a lot of people here that go, poverty in Jersey, like kids are going hungry. And I'm like, yeah. And they just refuse to, to accept. Really? Yeah. yeah. Whereas in, in the UK, it's it's widespread. It's in the media. Everyone knows about it. You know, UNICEF has just been feeding kids for the first time in 100 years, I think. Mm. I mean, it's promoted in the UK and it's visible. It's just not here. Well, hopefully we can do what we can by sharing it with our audience. And uh, we thank you for coming on and, and, and share, sharing the story. And by the way, I... I... <laughs> I refuse to watch anything with the words Real Housewives in, right? <laughs> so so I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't get the reference at all. Um, Real Housewives, anything that, that starts the only way. I let, lit, Literally, Cassie and, and my wife, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble now, Melissa, but my wife actually likes those shows. Um, I just, I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Do you know, to be honest, it... I think it's different here. So I loved it. I really loved watching it. But actually the people that featured in it are actually, many of them are the people that I was telling you about before that that help a lot in the charity yeah. sector. Um, it was just a bit kind of like, you know, it sh- I think it didn't show the island in a, a, a wide well, you know, line. You know what? Yeah, I think the other thing's interesting about it, and there's a perception of success that I just I I I I don't think those shows um uh particularly illustrate well and they're probably nice people and they're as you say they're doing good stuff but um there's a superficiality to it that I'm I'm less keen on but yeah that's just me just leave me just in my kitchen cooking me omelets I'm (laughs) happy with a podcast um that's fine talk to me just tell me one story about how your work has an impact um okay so I mean I alluded to it before but we had when we were getting families through in lockdown last year I was really shocked like there was there were families coming through that I expected that were really on their knees, like living wage. But I remember one lady who had um, a health business and she's very well known in Jersey, very well respected. And she came to me and she was referred through the COVID helpline for through government. And she just said, basically, my world has collapsed overnight. I've lost because they're expensive services like physiotherapy and yeah. chiropractic. And she literally lost everything and she got two kids. She did have a husband. I'm not quite sure, but she, I think she was the main breadwinner, the main income yeah. earner. Um, and she just said, please help me. Um, so she had a meal every day for, for, for I think, pretty much for lockdown. Um, and it massively helped. You know, she was at homeschooling. And so imagine in her shoes, she's lost everything overnight. Her mental health is at a low. She's got to homeschool her kids. 
to have a meal delivered that she just stuck in the oven. Yeah. And we also delivered groceries, which were very kindly donated by Waitrose and M&S. It took that element of anxiety away from her so she could focus on other things like where her money was coming from or accessing the payroll. And how to rebuild her business. And, and you know, yeah, no, I, I, 100%. And it, yeah. it, it's that, it's that, care when people need it the most right you know just somebody saying look i'm gonna help you here um uh and 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 the challenge we've got and and again we've i run a business and i've been grateful that actually you know we've had a really good year in 2020 um and you sort of feel for the people who have lost their business overnight because of the nature of it you know it's it is it is so difficult. So yeah, so supporting people um, in that period is is really important. Um, if um, people want to find out more about the work you do, I know you've got an amazing website that I've been I've been uh, taking a look at. Is that the best place for them to start? Uh, yeah, we've also got a really good Facebook page as well that we post a lot of stuff on, and, and a lot of our stories are on there, and a lot of the pictures from. When we first started, I mean, you can go back to day one and, and see the tomato pasta that was cooked for our first meal. Um, well, well, it's interesting, Melissa, because it's Russell's birthday today. Oh, um, well, happy it, birthday. He's not going to answer, no. Thank Russ. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he helped me host uh, a meeting that I ran. And I, there was there was, I was 10, 12 people in it this morning. And I mentioned it was his birthday, and I got a call later on saying, "Why did you do that?" So I'm now going to get in trouble again. <laughs> um, but that, that's the weird thing about social media because a video popped up on my timeline that was um, that was a, a video from ten years ago. Wow! Uh, no, actually, it was eleven years ago. Uh, now I've got a teenage daughter now, my Charlotte's seventeen, and that was when she was six. <gasps> and it's weird how those like sort of things. I mean, I teased her mercilessly because she she was super cute um and she's less Aww. impressed by being super cute now <laughs> um, but i loved seeing it come back you know seeing those memories and, and it must be it must be an amazing way for that uh to, to like see your journey throughout time yeah that's what hooks you on to social media is those i know you gotta be careful memories um yeah and every year actually um my Facebook post that I did for that first meal comes up every year and every year I feel a real pride about what I've achieved and, and the legacy that one day I will leave um, to Jersey. And, you know, without being self-promoting, you know, a lot of this stuff wouldn't, wouldn't have happened without caring cooks. And that's not just me. That's the whole team hey. that work. Yeah. Um, this work would not have happened and we would still be in the ages where we're not doing school meals. So I'm super proud of everything we've achieved. You should be, certainly. Thank you. Do you think, like, last question, but um, uh, do you think you get to a point in your life where you, because uh, we're a similar age, I'm 43, um, but uh, similar sort of age. Do you think you get to a point in your life, I mean, for me, it was probably two or three years ago, where you start looking at going, you know what, I've been lucky and I need to do what I can to support others. Do you know, you're right, totally right. And it's when I got made redundant from Lloyds Bank and I, I came away with a nice redundancy package and I had three months off, but then I worked for the charity for nothing. Mm. for five years and and I still consider myself lucky now that of everything that I've got and it's it's enhanced more by seeing what people haven't got yeah um you know I I donate to charities I give to charity shops I 
yeah, we're so privileged and we take so much for granted. And I think COVID's really allowed me to see how much more I can do, but how lucky I am. Amazing. Thank you for joining us on The Kindness. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. As usual in these interviews, we've gone off on a few tangents. Normally my fault, always my fault. (laughs) Um, Thank you for indulging me and uh, have a lovely day. You too. Thanks ever so much, guys. So Melissa, as we know, does amazing work. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's crack on with what we need to do. of another podcast okay and the end is never truly the end because the end is only the beginning and i'm stalling so that you can get up our answers at the end of the podcast. well i know what i know what so I'm, could you please do that before i run out of things to well say. i know i know what the question is the question was yeah. um favorite childhood memory yeah. um and there was a amazing amount of answers both on Twitter and on Facebook. Would you like, I'll give you a choice, would you like to start with the Twitter ones or the Facebook ones? Twitter, we never do Twitter, Twitter. let's do Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you know what's weird? Sometimes we get a, a better response from Twitter and sometimes we don't. It's a bit of a mixed bag this week, it's 50-50. So we'll... Usually we get a better response from Facebook and we get one or two answers from Twitter. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a, a, a bit of a, a broader mix. Okay, so... Jacqueline Locke said her favourite childhood memory of a holiday was chips in a cone on a beach in Cornwall. I think it's a specific beach. Par Beach. Now, we'll have to look up where Bar Beach is because we're off to Cornwall in a few weeks, aren't we? So hopefully we can visit Par Beach and have chips in a cone. Love a good cone. Love a good bit of chips. What's the best way to serve chips? I don't know, in a bag? No, thrown straight into your mouth. That is the best way to have them. Um, no, in a loaf. Uh, sorry, would you like to... <laughs> sorry, we are joined by our um, guest podcaster, Akil. Who, have you been in the bath? Yeah. Oh, have you? Right, OK. Who's just got out of the bath? <laughs> it's Sophie Dames. So what's the best way to have chips, Sophie? In a cone. In a in cone. In a cone with a flake. <laughs> chips with a flake Chip, right you have just inspired the next um, question of the podcast that I'm going to do what are the most unusual food combinations well, no, that you, actually you work you might as well just put mashed potatoes on the cone and put a flake in it and call it yeah mashed potatoes <laughs> no, with a flake because if if it was a real ice cream, it would all melt in all the heat from the lights. Yeah. That's what they do in ads. They put mashed potatoes. But they don't actually eat it, do they? Yeah. So would you eat chips with a flake? Maybe. Chocolate chips. Oh, how about chips? That, that's just chi- that's just chocolate fingers. How about now? How about chips? Just no, with a flakes. just with like sort of dark chocolate on top. Or, or chips Ooh. with a chocolate dip. Would that work? Ooh. Would that work? It depends. Are we still putting salt and vinegar on it? Or can we mix and match our toppings? Because if it's just salt, fine. We'll put, we'll put it in chocolate. If it's salt and vinegar, no. I don't know how I feel you don't, it. No, 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 no. no. You, don't have, you don't have vinegar no. with chips. Uh, you don't have vinegar with chocolate. In America... In America, there's this place. They make, like... Have you heard of it? Like, the dessert hummus... Where you can get like strawberries and they've got like chocolate hummus and you can get strawberries and dip it. Oh, 
Sounds good. But that isn't the question of the podcast this week. Um, The question of the podcast this week is what is your favourite childhood memory um, that you had? And we've got some amazing answers. So Chips in a Cone on Par Beach in Cornwall was Jacqueline's. Pippa said, uh, Spain, um, age three, terrified as my dad held me in a swimming pool for the first time, floating me around in a rubber ring. That was my first memory, but not particularly my favourite, she said. Um, uh, uh, Then uh, we had a a few more. Uh, Charlie Goodman said Disneyland um, uh, when he he was a kid. Uh, Tess Page said uh, I was an odd child. I was raised on... Campari and Espresso. Italians don't agree with food and drink design for children. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because the Italians and the French do serve wine to their kids. You know, they have like... It's like normalising, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's true. There isn't... It's just fermented grape juice. It, it is. But with it, it does have adverse effects alcohol, on the Brain. An and then and then Steve Chilton said, uh, learning to serve in Cornwall when he was about 10 years old. Nick Champion said, rocking out to Billy Ocean in the back of my uncle's Cavalier driving through France, stopping to buy a live shrimp from somebody selling them off a wallpaper table. It was the best shrimp ever. I was 10. Hayley Ball um, said her best mem- memory was a pizza restaurant in Malta. Um, Roberta White said, feel sorry for me now. I never had a holiday away. Spent six weeks school holidays on the beach in our growth and the weather was always great. See, I didn't go abroad till I was 17. So yeah. that was my first abroad holiday, but um, I had plenty of UK stuff. Mark Radza said, crabbing, fishing, frog catching at Canvey Island. Um, and uh, I used to, I used to, that used to be a caravan site. And Carol Hussey said, uh, I loved going to the Isle of Wight uh, we had a week, uh, one particular week, we had a week of perfect weather and did so many things when I was 10. And on that note, my friends, that is the end of another podcast. Hope you have an amazing week um, and we'll see you next time on The Kindness Project. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.